Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved Eric Marchin. Blessed, Matt. I think we're blessed today. Or maybe we're possessed. Are you horny for Jesus? Because these... these, (laughs) Jesus shake the wheel? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, today we are reviewing Rose Glass's St. Maud, which is now available for you guys to rent at home and probably playing in a very small amount of theaters. Um, It is starring uh, Morphid Clark? (laughs) Morvith. 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 Yeah. Thank you, Eric. You always nail this stuff because you have to do your video reviews before we record. It's a Welsh name. Um, so yeah, it's spelled know, like, like Sersha, right? Like yeah. it's well, spelled, that's Irish. Yeah. I know, but I meant like in the phonetically is much different than how it's spelled. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I should, you know, I should learn by now that I should probably do my research before we start these things. But you know, that's not how we roll. I read names as I, uh, you know, as you go do the on, intro. Roll with the punches. <laughs> and Jennifer Ale. Um, uh, and it is, uh, uh, I forget what I was saying. It's now available for you guys to rent. Um, premiered at TIFF 29 years ago. Yep. Yeah, I, that was one of my last movies. I remember TIFF I skipped it. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric, you want to tell people what St. Maud is? Well, Matt, I'm going to pray that, uh, people know what, uh, they're getting into, but if they don't, uh, St. Maud stars Morvith Clark, as you mentioned, um, in the role of Maud, a hospice nurse who is assigned to a Norma Desmond-esque character played by uh, uh, Jennifer L., who is dying of stage four lymphoma. And it's on the spine. And basically their dynamic is a contentious one because um, the character of uh, L. uh Amanda Cole is a choreographer and dancer and is much more a bohemian hedonistic type in the eyes of, of Maud, who's a born again Christian and is doing everything she can to restrain any sinful feelings and judgment um, upon the people of Coney Island in England. Um, And she lives a very modest life, um, but she's also going through a lot of her own uh, problems. She has her own inner demons, if you will, Um, hearing voices. It's there's a lot of focus specifically filmmaking wise on the sound design, you know, bubbling, uh, tomato soup or whispery voices and you know cracking of of bones and body parts and and distortion um it all kind of culminates into a very disturbing final act that actually also includes a lot of um subtle but still very much prominent body horror um I think the big takeaway from this movie is that uh, Rose Glass, this is her feature-length directorial debut, she's done a few shorts, is very good at mastering tone and atmosphere and making you kind of feel that dread that movies like Hereditary have where it comes at night. And that it's not necessarily a horror film, it's more psychological-based, but it's open to interpretation of what is going on. And then on top of that, I think Clark, who has appeared in a couple things here and there. She was in um, uh, Love and and Friendship, the Whit Stillman uh, adaptation of the Jane Austen novella with Kate uh, Beckinsale. She played the daughter. She had a very small role in Crawl, um, playing the sister role in that on a video chat. 
Um, and then she was also in uh, the David Copperfield movie with Dev Patel playing two roles uh, in that film. So she's up and coming. She was also cast recently in the Lord of the Rings uh, TV series for Amazon. So we'll probably be seeing a lot more of her um, in uh, the the coming years. And that performance is so vital to making yeah. this movie work. Um, there's a scene in this film specifically that involves nails that uh, I still have not gotten over having watched it twice. And for me, it's the CPR scene too, but like um, both of those. And uh, yeah, I, I echo everything that you're saying. I mean, I, I saw it I did. I didn't catch it at TIFF. I did want. I heard good things out of the festival, and you saw it. I think on one of the last days, and by that time, I was just too exhausted, and I um I skipped it, which I regret. But uh, caught it the other day, and um yeah, I I I really really dug this. I think um it, it totally makes sense. It, it is an A twenty four horror movie through and through, and if you know what that means, Eric already mentioned a couple of them with Hereditary, and it comes at night. And although they didn't produce this, they picked it up. Um, it did, it does totally make sense. And this is right up their alley. So like I, I, and if you like those kinds of movies that just is existential dread and just build tension throughout the whole thing, they're very slow moving, but still captivating because of the performances or the atmosphere that it's setting and the mood that it's setting that it kind of, um, keeps your attention through and with a great lead performance, like you said, from Clark and um, Jennifer L I thought is, is always good. And, and, um, and just the relationship between those two women and how that progresses. And um, uh, I was just, yeah, I was captivated by this and it's the exact kind of slow burn kind of horror movie that um, I definitely fuck with in the, in the sense that like just super slow moving, uh, great score, great cinematography that just feels eerie all the way through. Um, and you're never quite sure where it's going. And then it kind of uh, culminates in this kind of very disturbing final act where you're not sure what's in her head and what's real. And, you know, if like, and, and things like that. And obviously it's maybe dealing with mental health, dealing with religion, dealing with like many different things that I, I think is really interesting to kind of think about and, and gives you a little bit more than your kind of, you know, normal, uh, you know, forgettable horror movie and um, definitely not going to be for everyone. Like, I feel like it is one of those movies that they would market in a certain way. And, and, you know, people would have much like those other movies that we kind of um, discussed is like, they're marketed as a more classic horror movie. And then what you get is something a little bit more psychological and, and a slow burn. And um, I feel like that's the one thing that I think a 24s marketing is fantastic, but we don't talk about marketing a lot in our reviews, but I mean, me coming from that background and things like that, like I feel like a lot of the times they do themselves a disservice by not truthfully marketing some of these movies because they kind of like trick people into thinking that they're more quote unquote exciting than they are, but then they're better movies than what they market. They market them as more like classic, like scare fests. And that's not what you're necessarily getting. But like, as Eric mentioned, and I mentioned a CPR sequence, you mentioned a nail sequence. There's some really disturbing imagery in the movie that I feel like is really well utilized to kind of either catch you off guard throughout that kind of slow burn or culminates into this kind of really disturbing final 20 25 minutes or so and um yeah i i really dug it um it was i mean i would have liked it even more you know seeing it in a theater i think um but watching it i had to watch it on my ipad in the middle of the day um <laughs> because uh, just of some issues with the screening platform but even then watching it on my ipad at like noon on a on a friday um it, i still really really enjoyed it 
Yeah, you converted um, to to being a Saint Maud fan. Um, yeah, I, I think also God Godgasms, man. <laughs> Godgasms. Yeah, um, I, I also do think that Maud is a very complex character, and that she is very holier than thou at times, and, and trying to kind of be the extreme kind of Christian type because she is making up for past mistakes or sins in her own mind you know like we we find out little bits of pardon me for the dogs but we find out a little little bits and pieces about mention god and they go crazy (laughs) yeah exactly i mean my dogs are just holier than thou characters um in themselves but you look at the uh, at maude and sort of like you can piece together her backstory throughout the film and sort of, you know, her relationships with other people and sort of being more secluded or isolating herself from others and trying to atone for something in her past, um, whether, you know, it be, you know, partying, drinking, fornicating, that kind of thing, whatever, whatever that was. And it's reaching this breaking point that you know is coming. And it's that classic, slow burn style but at the same time you know she can be very judgmental uh, especially to uh Elle's character uh, you know there's one scene in particular where you know she has a, a female companion that she asks not to be around because she's in this time of you know transitioning from you know life to death and that kind of thing and there's this underlining well she doesn't approve of the relationship but at the same time Elle's character can also be very cruel oh yeah um, and there's and, a party sequence yeah and really and nice. everybody you know around her making fun of her religion is is just as nasty and um you know is it's coming from a place of 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 just cruelty and like you look at that scene and you're like okay well are they any better for mocking her religious beliefs to you know her judging l for her lifestyle choices and i think that those questions are interesting within the context of you know elevated horror quote unquote or you know genre fair and i think that that stuff really makes this movie work and again like i think the sound design of this film is really fantastic like just you know things that are bubbling or simmering or the way that you cracking yeah or you hear like you know someone touching a a wound wrapped in you know bandaged oh yeah that was gross yeah like again like that's all that body horror stuff and like that really works in an interesting way and um i think the last act is is very strong and the performance throughout this movie really works and there there are some really uncomfortable awkward moments that clark really kind of pulls off perfectly whether it be you know trying to laugh in a bar where you know other people are kind of having their own conversation and being a part of it where it's just like it makes you feel so uncomfortable (laughs) and on edge throughout and uh again rose glass i think is a a filmmaker that is going to be really exciting to see what she does next yeah i i totally agree with that i feel like we're seeing kind of the beginnings again like an ari aster or or um along those lines of of making these kind of cool stylistic but slow burn horror movies and i I, i'm also with you of like i can't wait to see kind of what she does next and do do we know what she's doing next or no uh, not at the moment i'm I'm sure she has something that she's working on and 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 i hope that uh you know whatever it is it's not too long until she gets the chance to make it because it's she again she's she's done a couple of shorts um peter kaplowski was the one that kind of really has been championing her for quite a bit and and playing the film at tiff was uh 
you know, again, seeing it on the last day, I was kind of burnt out, but I really appreciated what the movie was and was kind of taken aback by the style because it's not your classic like Midnight Madness movie. It almost would probably play better in Vanguard if that was still around. Um, but then watching it again back in, in April, um, and, and cause it was supposed to come out around then. And then it was also going to come out around July when it kept moving because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I appreciated it even more on, on a technical level. And just, again, the confidence of this, this movie um, tone atmosphere style. I mean, obviously the big reference here is, is sunset Boulevard. And, you know, you have the Norma Desmond character, the Gloria Swanson, you know, character and um, William Holden kind of being at odds in this kind of giant empty house. That's kind of creepy. But what I also appreciate about the movie is that it never kind of feels like it's it's sort of just defaulting to the jump scares or it's being like okay you know we we have to add this air of supernatural um you know science fiction horror events like we have to add something more to it it's very grounded in the character development and focused on the character yeah and even when those moments ultimately happen they feel earned Right. And, yeah. and, and to the point where you're not quite sure, you know, what's in her head and, and what is real. And, 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 uh, I kind of love that about it too. And I, I totally agree with you. I, um, I definitely think it's, uh, I mean, we're only in February, but, um, and technically I'm like, what year is this last year? Is it 2019? Is it this year? <laughs> um, anyways, really, lo- I really dug St. Maud. Definitely think it's worth your time worth the, I think it's like 15 bucks to rent it. I don't think it's quite like the 25, $30 rental. Um, so I definitely think it's, uh, if you into those style of horror movies that we mentioned, which obviously if you see a 24 slapped onto it and it's a horror movie, you kind of understand what you're getting. And if you're into those movies, I think you'll, you'll definitely dig saint mod i i definitely did so i'm gonna give it a three and a half really really enjoyed it yeah i'll also give it a three and a half out of five uh thank you all for listening um please check out all of our other reviews right here on untitled movie reviews um we have coverage right now of the entire sundance film festival from this year or not the entire but like you know a good 15 uh, films or so that we reviewed, um, as well as we did a whole wrap up of the festival over on untitled movie podcast. So we would love if you guys go subscribed over there. Uh, we have a new review out right now as well for Barb and star go to Vista Del Mar, uh, which is a completely different movie than St. Maud, but equally as enjoyable in very different ways. Um, so go check that out as well. Um, untitled movie conversations, please go subscribe to that as well. It's our interview channel, uh, where we'll have more coming up soon uh please drop us a review on the trilogy of podcasts if you would be so kind follow us on all of those social medias at untitled underscore cast and as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all of those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. And very quickly, I just want to also mention with the body horror stuff, um, it also references William Blake's uh, Red Dragon painting, which has obviously been referenced in Thomas Harris's Red Dragon and, and Manhunter. So that was kind of interesting as well. Cool. Uh, until next time. Do you think there is a bumper sticker that says horny for Jesus? Thank you. <laughs>